Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Over the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Obviously, we have a fight night tonight, a rarity. I didn't even know this. I think I actually went into last week. I said that the fight was on Saturday. It was originally on Saturday, but Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, we have that tonight on Showtime Pay-Per-View. It is Sunday, so those of you who are listening to us now on 790 The Ticket, we will have a, uh, we will have a recap episode. I will put that out on Sunday night, and uh, we'll be able to uh, give you our thoughts on whatever the hell went down in this whole circus that was this week really tried uh you know playing up the uh, the circus vibes of everything this week and you know we, i don't think it got too crazy uh, other than uh, a little bit of a scuffle at the the media day on wednesday where somebody in jake paul's crew was popping off at tyron woodley's mom who by all accounts is a saint like is usually just uh just an a-plus person you've seen the videos with her and Kamaru Usman after Kamaru Usman beat her son for the championship and is crying in her arms and uh, was like that with Darren Till as well like you know everybody loves Mama Woodley like that's just that's that's just known around the MMA circles and uh, it was uh, so so that was you know probably definitely like the the ditch effort to get Tyron Woodley rattled up and I don't think that it really worked I really uh, I, I, I didn't think it was a thing the one thing I will say like you know you go into these weeks and you're looking for stuff what could change your mind on it and I will say I'm not usually swayed too much by midweek stuff but I have thought that uh I I have thought watching this week that Tyron does not appear shook by anything and in some accounts has felt like he is kind of gotten under gotten to jake paul a little bit i don't know if you guys watched the face-to-face with ariel helwani but like had him stumbling and mumbling a little bit on some certain stuff especially like his culture vulture stuff and and all that type of stuff uh it was uh so i, I do think that he's got him a little bit shook on, uh, in that regard I, I do think the ped stuff saying that he has people in his camp who are rats I thought that was a good move by Tyron Woodley. And I didn't really think that, uh, you know, Jake Paul had too much other than, uh, you know, saying that he wanted to pinch Tyron Woodley's cheeks, which is objectively funny. So, I mean, I'm still sticking to, I think Jake Paul's going to win. Um, I'm still in the in the ballpark of, I haven't seen Tyron look good in a fight very long, in a very long time. And, it, and honestly, it has more, I think, to do with that than... Um, this grand belief in Jake Paul. I, I do think that, you know, it's, it is a different sport. I do think that there's uh y- you know, 
Tyron has always actually been a very, very smart fighter. He's very, very, uh, he's very sound in, in breaking things down, but that was just, but that was a long time ago, you know, like it, it, it just, it can't be lost upon people that he is 40 years old, even though he looks like an absolute Adonis, uh, age does matter. We saw this with Manny Pacquiao last week against your Adonis Ugas, and I'm not comparing Jake Paul to Ugas, but from the age range in Pacquiao talking about, you know, oh my leg cramps this week. And I actually want to get into him in just a second, but um, the idea that, you know, it just may not fire on all cylinders like it used to for Tyron. And so for me, I, uh, I, I'm still, I'm still sticking with, uh, with Jake Paul to get the W in this one, but I will say, um, I'm, I'm, I, if, if, if this is as close as I've been in a fight week to, to flip in the script, I feel like it's a little bit soft for me to go back to, for me to slip, uh, because of body language that I saw on the scale, which I thought, you know, I do think that Jake Paul was like, oh, he's a little too intense. He's trying to bring it. Tyron Woodley just cool as it comes, just not rattled by any of the shenanigans. I don't think he's bothered at all. And so that definitely gave me some pause. I was just like, man, maybe I should go back. I do have a chance. I have another fight show. Maybe I should. But I feel like that would be weak sauce if I did so. I feel like it would because... You know, Tyron does have the durability. He doesn't get stopped. And then I'm thinking to myself, man, do I really think Jake Paul is going to win a decision when we've never seen him go past, like, a couple of minutes? Do I really think that Jake Paul is going to knock this dude out? Like, Tyron Woodley. Like, I got to give some credit to the fact that Tyron Woodley uh, is hard to finish. He's a, he's a hard guy to put away. And even though I haven't seen him win a lot of rounds, I've seen him go a lot of rounds. And he does take a beating. <laughs> uh, I guess that's kind of been his best quality over the last uh, over the last probably three years of his career. So, you know, there's definitely been some things that I've seen this week that have concerned me leading into tonight. I'm going to stay with my pick because my pick was my pick. And I'm going to say that Jake Paul, I still think that he does get the knockout simply because of youth. Um I think that he's probably taking it a little bit more serious than uh, than Tyron is. I think that Tyron and everybody, I think it's going to be tough to find somebody who's really going to take Jake Paul at the same level of intensity that Tyron is. Tyron is old, um, and you got to think that Jake Paul's probably getting better. He probably is getting better, and he probably is getting sharper at things. And he does say that he all, all the right things, the things that he wants to show off. You know the the intangible parts of these things. Um, that we can look at are like who are, you know, who is there a false sense of security that his trainers are giving him and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I am objectively very intrigued by tonight. I'm very intrigued by what's going to go down. I think it's a fun fight. I think it's a fun fight and, uh, and it brings, uh, it's going to bring a lot of eyeballs, obviously. Um, people have asked, you know, the, well, what's best for the sport? If it, you know, if, is it better for boxing? If Jake Paul wins, is it better for, uh, for someone to lose? I think for this, I think it's better that somebody gets knocked the bleep out. I think that, I think what we really want for tonight is look, this is a fight built by the internet. And I think that the internet wants to win tonight. So whether it ends up with Jake Paul getting turned into a meme or Tyron, well, we don't want to see this go decision like Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. That fight sucked. It wasn't fun. I think probably Floyd came out the bigger loser out of that one. You know, the only kind of uh, 
interesting element were all those uh, conspiracy videos of did Floyd hold up uh, Logan Logan Paul after knocking him down uh, or knocking him knocking him silly? Did he hold him up? That was kind of the only uh, interesting element to that fight. And other than that, if it goes decision, you're just like, ah, all right, it, you know, that's uh, that's that. I feel like that's we're all gonna feel a, a little bit at a loss. Like you want to see something super, super entertaining to happen tonight. I'm not looking for uh, the sweet science tonight. I'm looking for the sweet chicanery tonight. That's what I'm looking for. Top shenanigans. That's what the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley fight should be. But uh, you know, and, and the Sunday night thing. I find it interesting. I don't know. I haven't really looked to see like what the what the pure answer for that was. I mean, they did Logan Paul versus Floyd on a uh, on a Sunday as well. Although I think part of that had to do with the fact that Miami had another fight originally on Saturday before it got bumped, which uh, you could say kind of uh, Floyd Mayweather kind of set that whole thing into a tailspin because we're still waiting for George Cambosis versus Tiafima Lopez, which I won't talk about this week, but. Uh, it's uh, it's an it's it's an interesting. Uh, I think tonight definitely gets your attention. I think it does. I think that I don't really know what the route is of Jake Paul if he does win tonight. You know, there was some beef brewing this week with Jorge Masvidal, but I thought that his manager made a good point this week, where he's like, "Listen, you're calling out a guy you know is not going to get released. We know Dana White is not going to release any of his fighters to go fight the Paul brothers. He's not going to do, it, especially to Showtime." If there was some freedom and he could bring it into the tent himself, okay, but they got the multi-fight deal. I think the obvious place he's probably going to go is having Tommy Fury there. You have Tyson Fury kind of around the whole deal. That'll promote it. Um, He's an actual boxer. So I think that's probably where he's going to be on the cards. I think that's probably where he goes next. And then if he, I don't know, I know it's a multi-fight deal. I don't know if it's a three-fight deal. If he's free after that, then you can start worrying about all right, is he going to fight a UFC guy after that? Can the UFC bring him into the fold? Um, I don't, you know, if Woodley wins, I really don't know. Uh, he, you know, he said that he wants to keep doing this boxing thing. Um, you know, will anybody want to go in there with Tyron? Well, I'm sure somebody will. Somebody's going to want the big names. Somebody's going to want the buzz. Showtime is looking for big fights. That's kind of what they do. Um, you know, they have the root of you know luke thomas and brian campbell who are mma guys so i think he could be promoted well with uh under that umbrella but it's uh but i think certainly for combat sports to get more content out of it it's uh it it likely comes with a jake paul win it it likely comes with a jake paul win so i wanted to get back into the podcast thing because i was disappointed with manny this week because there were some quotes that came out that he said something to the effect of Jordanis Ugas was the easiest, uh, one of the easiest styles that he had ever taken on. Really just, uh, it was a disappointing thing to read for Manny um, because I love Manny Pacquiao. I, I said this all last week and, you know, we gave him all the praise in the world under the sun and Ugas too for getting his win, but but all the praise to Manny in the world. And to hear a, a, a guy like that give one, no credit to Jordanis Ugas be, uh, when it's really the biggest win of his career and you got beat soundly. Like, I don't know if you guys all saw the video this week, but there's a video that Jinky Pacquiao put out of her basically feeding her husband like a baby. Like Manny's eyes were so swollen shut. He couldn't see that his wife had to spoon feed him his meal. And to say to 
the masses that Jordanis Ugas only beat me because I had leg cramps and he had one of the easiest styles. Like, look, I'm not denying that Mandy Pacquiao had leg cramps, but a couple of things. One, all right, you've had leg cramps before, but you're also 42 years old. And secondly, like easiest style. I mean, listen, if it's the easiest style, you didn't have any, you couldn't, you couldn't fire off the gun to any plan B in, in your repertoire and your legendary career to, to figure it out. I mean, you've been beating bigger guys your entire life. I think a lot of it was that Ugas was very disciplined. Um, man, he's always been susceptible to being a little bit over aggressive. I think he had that used against him. I mean, he clearly threw a lot more punches than Ugas did. And he really just never had that burst to really win over a crowd. You know, they talk about like the idea that Manny can win over a crowd and can get those shots and all that type of stuff. And he just never had that giddy up and go. You All right. You want to say it's leg cramps? Fine. But there were plenty of punches that I saw cause that disruption as well. You could never really figure out the jab. And then he was getting blasted with some big right hands. And I said this at the end of last week. Uh, I, I said this in last week's show about the end of that fight where those are the fights where it's almost like you're taking more punishment because you're not even just like, it's not like, boom, you get knocked out, you're dead, and it's over. Um, it's, it's you just keep taking these thudding right hands. Foom, foom, foom. And, you know, we saw what the results of it was. He had to get spoon-fed by, by, his, by his wife. So I was disappointed to see that for Manny. You know, Manny is uh, is a beloved figure and he is a legend and he is one of my favorite boxers of all time but um he's a bit of an excuse machine you know like he can he can definitely go to the well and and you know while this isn't the realm of like Deontay Wilder saying that his ring water was spiked or that his uh trainer was on the take you know he's gone the injury route a couple times he did it with Floyd where he said oh my shoulders didn't work and got surgery for it and now it's the leg cramps and you know i think i think ultimately it should really just been like nod goes to ugas and 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 the, and the credit should go to ugas so we got a fun show coming up the rest of the way we got a, a couple of interviews uh, a few interviews we got a lot i did a, did a lot of interviews this week um it, it, you know it was all around all around in the uh, in the in the fight game but coming up next, uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Vitor Belfort are going to be fighting coming up on September 11th on Triller Fight Club. And for the first time, I went to, this is amazingly, first time I've gone to uh, Derek Santos's gym in Boca Raton as his gym was hosting Media Day for Vitor and got a chance to talk to the Phenom, got a chance to talk to his trainer. We talked about Oscar De La Hoya. We talked about some other fun stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. We'll talk to Vitor Belfort and his trainer, Derek Santos, coming up next. Welcome back, everybody. Towin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Uh, had a fun week this week. Got a chance to go to my guy Derek Santos, his gym, Boca Pal Boxing in Boca Raton. He's actually going to be moving into a new place. We'll talk about that uh, in this upcoming interview because it was media day. Vitor Belfort had his, uh, his media day down here in Boca Raton. Oscar De La Hoya had his media day in Los Angeles. They are going to be fighting September 11th in the Staples Center. Uh, there was some, you know, there were some rumblings that they were going to maybe do it down here, but um, I think Stable Center is appropriate. I mean, Oscar has a statue out there. Uh, I'm usually selfish wanting fights to be all down here. I'd love that to be the case, but I, this one just makes too much sense to do in Los Angeles, especially if they're now prone to having fans and things like that. So I thought it was the right move. I thought it was the right move, but we got a chance to uh, to speak to Derek Santos and 
to the man himself, the phenom Vito Belfort, who I will say just candidly really looks good. I mean, um, he looks uh, he looks ripped up. He looks jacked. He looks uh, just fantastic in, in just phenomenal, phenomenal shape. Uh, thought wor- him working the mitts, thought he looked explosive. Um, you know, I don't know how much that explosion will last for him in this fight, but, uh, it, it, it's such a good turn of fortune, I think for Vitor, because, you know, he was going to be in this fight with the real Tarzan who I do. And I do like the real Tarzan has been a very nice guy to talk to. I've had him on my show a couple of times. And so he's been a great guy to interact with, but you know, it, 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 <sighs> I mean this in all due respect. It's a little beneath Vitor Belfort to be fighting, you know, Mike Holston. And I think Mike, listen, I know that he's he's into the fighting, and I think that he's in good shape. He hangs around with Tyrone Spong. He's kind of trying to get himself into that community. But, you know, fighting a guy of the the caliber of Vitor Belfort, one, is just, I think it's a it's almost a, a waste of Vitor Belfort's boxing debut. And it's also just, it feels like just too vast a, a difference in skill set for uh for what we know i mean listen you know maybe real real tarzan's in the gym and he looks like you know the next john bones jones and i don't know it so i could just be talking out of my bleep but um you know it just it just felt a little beneath vitor to do that type of a fight and so this fight falls out and then vitor ends up fighting uh, there was some holy field rumors and then it ends up being oscar de la hoya and so you're gonna hear from Derek. Uh, he's got some pretty good story. He's got a really good story about how he learned that Vitor is going to end up fighting the golden boy. And then we will, uh, move it on to Vitor himself. We'll talk about the fight and then some other stuff with him as well. Cause uh, I don't get it. I, I've been wanting to talk to Vitor, not necessarily just about fighting. And so I uh, got the chance in the, in the, the five or so minutes we were allotted to, uh, to talk to him about a bevy of things down here for the, uh, for the, the South Floridian Vitor Belfort. But first, a man who is uh, honestly just one of the great gentlemen in the sport. Uh, Derek Zanders is just such a decent dude and has a great, great boxing Instagram account. Derek underscore Santos underscore boxing. Um, you get such great knowledge if you follow that account. And he's just he's a great follow on social media in general. But, you know, has been training some really, really great guys for a while. And so he's had this relationship with Vitor. He gives us a good story, not only on just his relationship with Vitor, but just what he, what the South Florida boxing community means to him. I mean, this guy has interacted with some of the great champions you see today in sports and, and has known them since a, a very young age because of the work he's done with the young amateurs down here in the boxing world. So here's our conversation with South Florida's own trainer extraordinaire Derek Santos. All right, we're here at Boca Pal Box with the great Derek Santos here for Media Day. Vitor Belfort is going to be taking on Oscar De La Hoya on September 11th. Derek, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Brendan. I'm always man, a fan, man. I'm, I'm happy to finally uh, get to grace your gym. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful place, Are you? but uh, I don't know how much you're going to go to a new place pretty soon, you said? Yeah, um, it's just time. We, we, we got a new place coming. It's only five minutes from here, but I, I will remain part of Boca Pal and, and part of the sports system here and continue to support them um, in any way possible. Um, I'm just expanding a little bit. I'm going to get into Vitor in just a second, but like you've been doing this down here for a long time. So many, I mean, you see all the kids that you've helped out here training. Why is that so important to you, man? How did you dive into that down here in South Florida? Because you've been doing it for a long time. It's always been important for me. You know, it's that whole never forget where you came from. You know, I was an amateur boxer myself, and then years later I got an opportunity 
um, to start helping a couple other pro fighters. And then I got an opportunity to, that just happened to be by chance, to help another city team just, just to come in and look and help or whenever you want to come. That went from going once or twice a week, you know, for an hour or two to six months later, I was the head coach there and I coached there for many years. Um, I had always had a uh, friendship with everybody here at Boca Pal. And between then, you know, I started working just with professionals, but I always had that urge to help. I had some friends that had kids um, that, that were still fighting and they would ask me to come to the gym or come to their house to help them out or corner them in an amateur fight or a tournament. And I always did that, you know, I had a lot of fun traveling throughout the whole United States, going through all the amateurs and seeing them grow. And some of those guys that I've known now, you know, did very well. Uh, you know, Caleb Plants and Teofimo Lopez and, you know, others, many others. I'm just saying there's many others, Errol Spence. All those guys, you know, I saw those guys in the amateurs, you know, I saw them come up. Uh, Javante Davis, you know, all those guys that, from when they were, you know, yay high, only, you know, less in my chest, you know, coming up. And uh, it's great to see all the fellow coaches around the country, too, coming up and, and being successful. Um, after I worked with, you know, several trainers as main assistant and, and whatnot, and worked in several other gyms and worked for Mike Tyson Promotions and did several other things, um, an opportunity came up for me to have a partnership with Boca Pal, and I took it, brought my fighters here. Um, and I've been here for many years. And it just became a point where now I just needed to expand. Um, um, I spoke to the directors and, and, and to the president, and um, we were going to continue that relationship because um, I, I'm not a hater, man. You know, I support everybody. Absolutely. And, um, and especially this program, I'm going to uh, do whatever I can to support it. So uh, September 11th, Vitor Belfort is going to be fighting Oscar De La Hoya. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, the, you, you've got two legends. It's 2021. This is the thing now. We're doing the legend sports. But I guess first, your relationship with Vitor, how did that, how did that start? And then what did you think when this fight was uh, brought to your attention? My relationship with Vitor came years ago, um, grew years ago. I'm not 100% sure who told him to seek me out, but somebody told him to seek me out. And he was still fighting in the UFC at that time, and he had a private gym, and he asked me to come, and we clicked right away. So I was part of some of those fights, you know, sometimes different fights, different scenarios. I was part of some of those fights, and we always, you know, I, I uh, became friends with him and his family, his kids, his wife, Joanna, and um, we just had, a, you know, that different type of relationship. Um, we clicked, and he would come here, you know, even after, I guess he was semi-retired, and work out, and he's got all these businesses and stuff, and then... He started to get the itch, you know, but he didn't want to fight in the MMA. He wanted to box. You know, he brought it up to me a couple of times, and I said, "Well, you know, we'll see what happens. The opportunities happen." And lo and behold, here this comes. First, it was supposed to be an exhibition match on the Tiafimo Lopez uh, undercard with George Cambosos yeah, in Miami. Yeah, the animal guy. Yeah, this is quite the uh, the which, different. Which path. was yeah, which was you know okay, let's do that, and then let's look for you know uh, maybe a real boxing match after. And he calls me and he tells me, I don't know where, um, hey, do you think we can fight Asher de la Hoya? Now, mind you, I thought he was being sort of hypothetical in the question. Right, right, right. And I said to him, yeah, I suppose we could. Uh, I don't know if that will ever come to fruition, but I suppose we could. And he's like, okay, so you think we can do this, right? So he's like, you think we have enough time to train and we can fight, you know, somebody's good at Asher de la Hoya? And I'm like, yeah, we could. And I hung up the phone thinking, okay, it's just, you know, hypothetical. 20 minutes later, some of my fighters are like, hey, coach, it's coming out on ESPN, you guys are fighting. 
So I called what? him back, and he's like, "No, no, that's what I asked. You. I called you for approval. <laughs> <laughs> I called you for approval. If you said yes, I was gonna say yes. And so it's a done deal now. And wow. here we are. You know, it's just it's amazing. It's an honor." To also share the ring with Asu De La Hoya. Listen, I was part of Sergey Kovalev's team when we beat Bernard Hopkins. And after the fight, I went right to Bernard and I said, first and foremost, uh, you know, I hope you're okay, he, which he was. And I said, it's an honor to share the ring for you. It's not lost on me with these, whether you win or you lose, some of these nights are historical nights. Yes, they go down in history. And that's not lost on me. Like, you know, you're being part of an event that's written in history and nobody can erase that. And you know, when you get old, you tell your grandchild, I got a grandchild now. I got a, I got a one-year-old grandchild, and when he gets older, he's gonna say, my, my grandfather was part of this and that and the other, and, and I'm proud of that. How, as a coach, do you prepare for something like this? You have a guy who is a legend, but haven't seen the ring forever. You have a guy who's been in the sport forever. Like, do you just focus on Vitor being his best Vitor, his best boxing skill set, and or do you look back to some of those other Oscar footage? Do you try and oh, I, think I, about I, those tendencies? No, don't, don't get it twisted. I look. I'm a detail-oriented coach. I will not gloss over anything. So, you know, I, I looked and, and I definitely, uh, you know, tried to get the best feeder possible and he's given me the best of him. But I definitely looked. I'm not glossing over or disrespecting Oscar in any way. If he thinks that I'm not paying attention, he's, he's uh, wrong. <laughs> well, Dad, we appreciate the time, man. September 11th, we're looking forward to it, man. Uh, congratulations. I'm glad you got uh, to be on another big stage. You've done so many great things in the sport. It mean a lot down here in the South Florida boxing community. So thanks for the time. Thank you, 790. Thank you. Appreciate it. And I really appreciate Derek for for letting us into his uh, his boxing home there for a little bit, and uh, and good luck to him with the the move to the new facility. Just a tremendous dude. Now after that, we got a chance to speak with the man himself, Vitor Belfort, the phenom. And here's our conversation with Vitor on his upcoming fight with Oscar De La Hoya. Okay, we're here at Boca Pal Boxing with the great Vitor Belfort. He is going to be fighting Oscar De La Hoya, Triller Legends Fight Club, coming up on September 11th. Vitor, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to have you guys here. It's, a, hey, it's an honor to be here with you, man. You're South Florida Zone. You've been down here forever. Um, so everybody down here locally is going to be uh, looking forward to supporting your fight. I was talking to your trainer, uh, Derek. And I remember when the fight was announced uh, on the Mar the Marlins Park card, you were going to be fighting an Instagrammer, kind of get back into the, the box thing. And then all of a sudden, that falls through. And you're fighting Oscar De La Hoya, man. What was that process like where you're like, oh, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. We're fighting Oscar. Yeah, we're supposed to fight all the field, and then they give me the YouTuber, and then went back to Oscar. So, you know me, I, I want to fight the greatest guys ever. You know, I want to do a little generation fight. I think it's a legendary fight. This is a fight that I've been looking, being vocal about it. I think I was the guy who called a legend. This is what it is, and Triller is literally putting this together. And I'm so thankful for what Ryan and his team are putting together because it's an event that really we're going to be able to put generation at the same place, at the same house, you know, literally crossing over from both sports. And hopefully soon we'll really be able to do the crossover where BMA will be able to be the, the, the combat, the hand combat that see who has the best hands. Uh, what, what, is, it, is it a different revitalization for yourself doing something new, doing boxing? Is that, is that something like, do you find yourself more excited to go to training or anything like that? Because you've done it all in mixed martial arts. This is such a cool thing to, to, to go into with a new sport. Yeah, I, 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 I'm very vocal about it and become a master in, in reinventing myself. I think reinventing yourself is to be able to understand that what used to work before doesn't work anymore. So I think people get stuck in how they used to be and they want to be the same. You can never go back and try to be the same people. In age change, wisdom comes, you gotta find ways to do it. So there's many ways to skin a cat. So as you mature and you evolve in life, 
it's you have to reinvent yourself and that's what I love to do in my life and I'll be able to literally doing that right now and be part of that great combat sport that's about to come in trailers presenting this legendary combat and I'm part of it. I wanted to get back into the fighting in just a second, but I had a couple of questions. Uh, because you're here locally, you've been down here in South Florida for a long time. I see you all the time, man. You're on social media at the Dolphins games. See you having back and forth with Tua Tungavailoa. Like, are you a Monster Dolphins fan? Like, have you, do you have that kind of support like for, yeah. for that team? And, yeah. and, and your interactions with Tua, that's so cool that, he has, uh, that yeah. you guys have a love for each other like that. We have respect. I think athletes respect each other. And um, I live here. I have friends that play for the, for the for the Miami Dolphins. It's a team that I really have respect for it, and I think they're going to have a great year. They have a great team, and I'm looking forward to see the success of Miami uh, Dolphins. Also, I, I look success of Miami University as well. So I have a son. He's an amazing quarterback. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so good to see South Florida. You know, literally, uh, uh, you know, in every sport, in volleyball, and I'm a big support because the sport literally helped to build, build character. Of, of humans, so I'm a big supporter of it. Can I ask you, when did you know your son was going to be that kind of good at football? The University of Miami is like, that's college football royalty, Vitor. So the idea that your son is recruited by them, and when did, you, when did you see him and you're like, oh man, this guy's something special? Yes, so since they're a kid, since my kids are young, I, I always say, feed their dream, not my dream. I always feed their dream. And he got an offer from Alabama, Coach Saban, he has tons of offers. But like I said, son, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is cash on hand. Be focused on the process. The process is to use what sport gave you. It's a great education. You know, be able to create a brotherhood in football. And football for me is the greatest sport of all time. It's where literally, depending on totally, you know, you have defense and offense. Every player matter. So the quarterback, he's just the server. I say you're just the driver. So he needs the cars. So he loves. He loves what he does. He has a huge IQ and huge leadership. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for his progress. So coming up September 11th, you guys can get uh, Triller Legends Fight Club coming up. Vito Belfort against Oscar De La Hoya. Listen, you, you're, you have you're keeping your fight career going as long as so What kind of Oscar do you expect to see? He's getting back into this. You talked about reinvention. Are you expecting a guy that is going to be top-notch? Like, what do, you, what do you think? How do you prepare for a guy who hasn't I'm, been in the ring I'm that prepared long? For you, the, you haven't been that inactive. I'm preparing for the best Oscar. I, I'm literally, it's going to be, I think Oscar, he's going to bring it. He, he's Oscar. Oscar's always been Oscar, so I'm, I'm expecting the best Oscar. Well, everybody out here in South Florida, go support one of our own. Vito Belfort's family been down here for a long time. This is a really, really cool fight, man. Congratulations. On the Thank you very like much. And, uh, God bless you. Don't miss out. 9-11. And again, that fight will be on September 11th, Triller Fight Club. And as far as Triller's, listen, this has been Triller's wheelhouse. They've done the legend fights well. Um, it appears the the Cambosis, I know I said I wasn't going to mention this, but I lied. The Cambosis-Lopez fight, I think the last rumor was, I think Coppinger reported that it was going to be on a Tuesday. Yeah, the reports were this week that Lopez was uh, Lopez Cambosis was at for October 5th, the MSG Hulu Theater. And... That was supposed to be uh, that was supposed to be going down. And it was going to be nineteen ninety nine for pay per view, or two ninety nine as a monthly subscription, according to Mike Coppinger. And uh, listen, I think that's a little bit of a bummer. You mean you think about going from you were headlining a pay per view in Marlins Park and all the bells and whistles, all that type of stuff, and now we're kind of just doing it on a Tuesday. And it was funny. I was having a conversation this week with uh, Vic Bermudez, who was a uh, 
producer for Telemundo, longtime producer, executive producer of the Miami Hurricanes broadcast, producer for Hockman and uh, Hockman and Crowder, Hockman and Krantz, Sid Rosenberg. He's been a producer for WQAM for a very long time, but it, it, you know his his wheelhouse is is boxing. That's like his that's like his playpen. He is uh, he's fantastic in it. And you know we were talking about this this week. He's just like because it's an it's a, it's an odd week. You know we're, we're talking about Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley and. You know, we're here at a media day for the return of Oscar De La Hoya fighting a UFC champion. And, we're, you know, we're, we're just talking about, like, well, what fights are we excited about? And, uh, you know, I was just talking about this lightweight division, just like how on fire this thing was. And I remember talking about this on the show, just about Haney and Lopez and Ryan Garcia, who I know has had some stuff. Javante Davis, who they're not even hiding from the fact that they don't even want to interact with anybody in that landscape and there was all this talk oh this is going to be the next four kings the next four kings and man it just really feels like they they all dropped the ball on that and maybe they'll get it back I, I can't say that they won't but what if George Cambosos goes and beats Teofimo Lopez and you squandered away this big delay because I don't think the fight's going to be as big anymore um, I don't know how big it was going to be in June either, but it just feels like all the squabbling and all the kicking the can down the road. Like Tiafima Lopez is a bright, a bright boxer as far as like he has a lot of star potential, but he's not a superstar yet. And I, I do think that these guys they get good contracts and they get you know promised six million dollars or the Errol Spences they get. The Al Heyman money, the Charles get the Al Heyman money, and they, they they carry themselves as if they're something more than they are. And not that they're not tremendous boxers, but I think they have a weird sense of how important they are in just the sports landscape. You know, like you saw Manny Pacquiao fight this past week. Like Manny Pacquiao's a bona fide star. Floyd Mayweather's a bona fide star. And, you know, Larry Merchant, who I'm not ever been the biggest fan of, but he made a great point where he's like, Manny Pacquiao is just he's just one of the lone stars we have. I think right now in boxing, if you were to say what mainstream stars do we have, I think they're all probably heavyweights. And I would say it's probably Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, and obviously Canelo. Um, but that's, I think, the list. Like, guys who, if you put them on pay-per-view, they could do respectable numbers and you could pretty much bank on it. And I don't even think, listen, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder didn't do that fantastic. My point of it being is um, it's crazy to think that this fight with Tiafimo Lopez, is like, who was, I think everybody thought, really did have potential to be a superstar in boxing. is like, it's taking place on a Tuesday for a $20 pay-per-view. Like, what? It just feels so small time. It's just, uh, you know, and I know, like, look, they're trying to be innovative with this. Like, they wanted to do it in Australia. Lopez went against that. They talked about doing it in the, in, uh, the Middle East. Probably not the best thing to do right now. Um, so I, I do respect the fact that look, I don't know if they have a lot of great options, but even the idea that you're doing it on a Tuesday uh, in the middle of football season, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. So anyway, that's uh, that's where that stands right now. When we come back, we will talk about one of a, a, a bright young boxer who uh, – is trying to become a star. He is uh, He is on his way. He is going to be main eventing on October 4th on Fox. Jesus Ramos, who we've had on the show before, uh, he is now 20 years old. He's going to be main eventing his first show on Fox. And uh, this guy, he listen, he wants to be welterweight champion 
within a year. Might be a tough cask, uh, especially to be legit welterweight champion in a year. But listen, he's on the right side of the street. He is there in the uh, in the PBC world, so that definitely opens up more opportunities. But a, a fascinating young man to speak with. I loved uh, talking to him the last time we had him on. This is uh, our return conversation as he gets ready for his upcoming main event on September 5th next week. Our conversation with Jesus Ramos is next. All right, welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. We will get back into a little bit more boxing here. So Jesus Ramos, he is a bright young prospect in the PBC landscape. He is going to be main eventing next week on Fox. 20 years old and main eventing on Fox. That is a really, really great accomplishment by him. Really enjoy uh, speaking with him. This is the second time we've had him on the show. Here's our conversation with young welterweight prospect extraordinaire Jesus Ramos. All right, very excited to talk to our next guest, one of the brightest young stars in boxing. He is going to be in the main event on Fox coming up on September 5th. Jesus Ramos joining us again. Jesus, how are you, man? I'm good, good. How are you guys, man? Very good, man. You? Very good. Congratulations on the main event. I know you're a guy with uh, with big goals that you want to make happen fast, so I guess what does this mean? Is this a, a big step to you, main eventing on, on a place like Fox? Yeah, of course. You know, um, I think it's every fighter's dream, you know, to be headlining uh, an event. And um, like you said, I have big pla- big plans. So this is another step in the in, in the correct direction for those for those goals. How did um I, I was watching some of your vlog and uh, which you always do a fantastic job with those by the way the YouTube pa- page it's a high recommend on my uh, from my part I think that uh, people should uh, do do more of that like the the insight that you take us into your camp it's really really cool but uh, but you said you didn't you didn't love your performance in your last fight you weren't you weren't uh, you weren't satisfied with it I thought you did damn good man what what about that fight were you not satisfied with? Like, why, why did you leave, I guess, uh, that performance with, with wanting more out of yourself? I just felt like I could have um, done things a lot different. I feel like um, in the couple rounds, I was a little uh, just trying to be too, too aggressive, trying to look for a knockout a little too much. And um, I think if I would have just calmed down, if I would have stuck to the game plan and just kept breaking them down the way I was, I was doing, I think um, I, I probably would have got him out of there, but I got you know a little, we could say desperate looking for a knockout. Um, I wanted, I was being a little over aggressive, and um, I went the distance. But uh, it was a great experience. It was a great experience overall. You know, um, I just know I can do better. I know I can do better, and um, that's what I'm looking to show in this fight. Was there any party that was like, all right, it didn't go the way I wanted, but, you know, going the distance, you know, being able to do that, you know, you've been kind of steamrolling through fools. So was there any party that found it beneficial at all? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, we were going to 10 rounds, you know, I showed a lot of people and myself that I could do it and I can dominate, you know, in those whole 10 rounds. I never, you know, I never lost sight of my, of my game plan. I stuck to it all the way through and, um, it paid off, you know, so it was beneficial to go 10 rounds. And um, it's just helped me a lot in this camp. You know, I matured from it. I matured from that fight. And um, I think it overall, you know, it was, it's, it was a benefit to to have gone to 10 rounds with Javier Molina. You were you were talking a lot, too, about the idea of, um, you know, you kind of running your own camp and almost like a, a sense of taking over your own boxing career because you've been in there. You know, we've talked about that previously. You've, you've gone to camps with Terrence Crawford and guys and, 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 you know, other champions, and you felt that to be very beneficial. But at 20 years old, like, what is the 
what was, I guess, the switch where you're like, all right, it's kind of got to be my show now. Like, I, I want to, you know, treat myself as almost the main event in your own preparation for everything. Like, what, what was the, what was the switch of that like in your career, and, and how have you found that? You know, um, like you said, I went to different camps, Terrence Crawford, Jamal Herring, um, and just learned from everybody. You know, learned how they how everything was ran. You know, and um, we kind of got got an idea of how how it is. And we did that ourselves. You know, we came down and um, we started, you know, we started forming our own team um, over there. I mean, we were part of the team, but it's kind of like they're all there for the main guy, you know, where there was Jamal Harry and where there was Terrence Crawford. So now I'm the main guy, you know. Now I decide, you know, what, what are we going to do with this and that? And it makes it's a lot better because I'm more comfortable, you know. I'm doing things that I like to do, you know, we run up mountains, we do um, long distance runs, and um, that's what, that's kind of what we like to do, you know, we like to do it here, and we're kind of, what, what the idea is to, to set up a team like Crawford, you know, they're, they're a stable team, and just like the way that we went to them, we want people to come to us, and in order to do so, we know we need to have a, a strong team, a strong camp, uh, people that can come to us and, and, and look up to us and learn from us as well. So we're kind of setting the the foundation you can say right now for a team like like theirs. Okay. Well, I don't know if anybody else does this or if you guys got this idea from anybody else, but like you had a thing that you were doing in the ring. Did you guys invent this thing that looks like a potato cannon that is like the yeah. glove attached to it and there's a speed bag on top for your head? I've never seen anybody do that. Did you guys come up with that? Or if you didn't, where the hell did you figure that out? Because I've never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, actually, a trainer from Terrence Conference Gym came up with that. And he called my dad and he, and he told him about it. And my dad built one as well. And it's, it's been really, really, really beneficial, man. This camp, we've been working on defense, and that's helped a lot. Uh, defense and countering, you know, um, you move away, you got to counter back. It's, it's real nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because the, the first thing that I, I looked at, I was like, that thing, look, I don't know if you've ever used a potato cannon before, but like back yeah. on the farm, like you just PVC, you put a couple sparks in it, you light it up and you launch potato. But you, I was like, whoa, that is like, that's the most innovative thing I've ever seen uh, out of, out of, uh, out of <laughs> you know, I see a ton of behind the scenes boxing stuff, but that thing was really cool. So uh, props to you guys. I liked it. That was that was very innovative. Yeah. Um, the other thing I saw. So you were doing the uh, the old man. This got a lot of headlines last week because Manny Pacquiao went back to the old bamboo stick training. How long have you been doing that? Like where you were doing the uh, the hitting on your body and and people think this is crazy. Like, do you find this uh, this method to actually be beneficial? Hitting yourself with a stick. Yeah, you know, I've been doing it for. I mean, we've been in camp for eight weeks, so the whole eight weeks we're doing it, and it is beneficial. You know. Um, not only to feel like to not to not feel the body shot, but um, you get more cut. I don't know. Like I've been getting a lot leaner, and uh, it's been working, you know. And uh, like you said, Manny Pacquiao does it, and look at him. You know, he's a legend. So we gotta we take we take things from everything from everybody, you know. And um, yeah, it's been working for me, so we, we stuck to it. So coming up on September fifth, your main eventing. Uh, what are people gonna see, man? I know that you uh, you've been happy with a lot of the improvements that you've had this camp. What do you think that's going to gonna turn into when you get into the ring? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are going to see a more mature uh, fighter. Um, I feel a lot more mature. I feel a lot calmer in the ring. I'm not over-aggressive or, or, you know, I think I'm thinking a lot more in that ring. And um, I think you guys are going to see that uh, September 5th. And, you know, I've been working as well on breaking down my opponents mentally. 
you know, instead of just physically uh, breaking down to the body, uh, just working more mentally, breaking them, breaking them down. And uh, you guys are going to see all of that in that ring. I think it's going to be a more mature and more complete fighter September 5th. I just want to ask you this because, man, I, I marvel at the fact that you've had such heights at your age. Do you, uh, like, is there anything at, at people and, and friends that you have that are typically your age that you really, really miss? Because I imagine the discipline that you have to have at your age uh, is unbelievable. And I got to imagine there's got to be things that normal 20 year olds, I couldn't even tell you the stories of the things I was doing at 20 years old, man. Like, I was, I was, I was, I was a, a debaucherous. So the fact that you have this whole career planned out, like, is there anything that you miss out there? Like, man, I wish I could go do what a normal 19, 20 year old goes and does. Yeah, of course, man. You know, it's, it's, it's just tough. It's tough. And just recently, um, I, I, I went with my family to, to drop my, my sister off at, at university. She was going to uh, North, North, Northern Arizona university up in Flagstaff. And, uh, you know, you just see all the, all the students and, and just hanging out and eating whatever they want, living their life, um, walking around the campus, you know. And um, I have friends as well that go out and party, that eat whatever they want, whenever they want. And um, hey, I, it, it does get tough, you know. You kind of, you kind of were like, man, I wish I could, you know, trade places with them. Sometimes when you're fed up with the diet, when you're bored in training camp, you can't go out. You know, sometimes I do miss all of that, but. Uh, and after the fight, once my hand is raised and and once I get something out of all of this sacrifice, that's when I know it's all worth it. And that's what keeps me focused, man. That's what keeps me motivated, and and that's why I do what I do. Well, you've uh, you've had a hell of a start to your career so far, man. And uh, best of luck the rest of the way. We're looking forward to the show, September fifth. You guys can watch Jesus Ramos main event on Fox. Check it on out. And thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks again to Jesus for the time. Really appreciate him uh, giving us some as he leads up to his fight. Uh, again, we're going to have a special recap episode coming out later on tonight. We will recap Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley so you guys can get our thoughts on that. And, of course, we'll have more of that coming up on as well on Tobin and Leroy every single weekday from 6 to 10 a.m. You guys can get us on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get all your podcasts there. Subscribe there, Apple Podcasts as well, or Google Play. Or subscribe, of course, Tobin Show on YouTube. You guys will get all our content there as well, and uh, sometimes even get them early. You would have gotten the Vitor uh, interview early if you are a subscriber of the YouTube page. Everybody have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you next time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.